I too would like to greet you all in the name of Christ this morning, and I also want to extend a welcome to our visitors. Trust that you've been blessed to be here this far. It's been a blessing to be here. It's something that uh, just stood out to me in in the Sunday school was that of, that of standing out, that of being different, and. Are we ashamed to stand out and to be different? And as I pondered that, if we want to, if we're trying to not be quite so different from the world and to fit in a little bit, then I think we do have something to be ashamed about. But if we are serving God and, and that is our utmost desire, if we go out to town and we look different from the world, we have nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, we have something to share. We have something that, that the world really longs for. And so I just want to just challenge and bless each one of us here this morning to not to be different for the sake of being different, Yes, we're different because that's what God has called us to. And, and don't feel small or ashamed about it. This morning as we drove in, I noticed on the sign, and you can, I'm telling you how unobservant I am, but this morning I did observe on the sign uh, John 3.16, just that reference there. I don't know how long that was there. Um, a couple people mentioned that it was there last Sunday too. But I guess it stood out to me this morning because I'll invite you to John chapter 3 for a message. And this is probably not a new story or a new passage to any one of us here this morning. Not really sure I have anything new to tell you here this morning, but just um, looking again, I've entitled my message, Ye Must Be Born Again. And um, just looking at, I trust that we can say the blessing that we have experienced in being born again. And, and for those, uh, if there are any who have not been born again, just again that call to... to um, be born again into the family of God. The uh, first number of verses here in the chapter, um, we'll be looking at, uh, be reading the first 21 verses. The first number of verses are the account of Nicodemus who came to Jesus and the discussion between Nicodemus and Jesus and we know that Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews. It mentions here in uh, the first verse. Um, so probably a member of the Sanhedrin. Comes to Jesus. He addresses Jesus as a teacher and also as uh, one who came from God. So he acknowledged a belief in his coming from God. 
And then as we go down through, some of what we read from Nicodemus is confusion, that he didn't understand the words that Jesus was speaking to him. In verse 4, Jesus had showed him, uh, in verse 3, he showed him a, a spiritual truth and used an earthly example. And he did that a number of times in here. And it just seems like Nicodemus didn't clearly grasp what Jesus was trying to, to speak to him. In verse 10, Jesus acknowledged that Nicodemus was a master of Israel. He was someone who was educated. And uh, somewhere I think it says a, a teacher of Israel, or maybe that's what that's referring to there. Yet he didn't even understand the Old Testament teachings that um, the Spirit would come and be within. And it just uh, reminds me of what Jesus said in Luke chapter 10. One verse there. Um, the 70 had just returned from their mission. Luke 10. And um, Jesus spoke of the power that he had given to them. And then in verse 21, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. So in, in some ways I see Nicodemus as the wise and prudent, and yet he had a hard time understanding these spiritual, these scriptural truths that Jesus was endeavoring to convey to him. This morning, understanding the new birth is not a matter of intellect, but rather it's a matter of the heart that we understand as we come to Jesus. This morning, my focus is not on Nicodemus. Rather, I want to focus more on the words of Jesus to Nicodemus. Let's read the passage here. John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, 
We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. I forget if I mentioned that the title of my message is, Ye Must Be Born Again. We have here Jesus recognizing that Nicodemus had a belief in God. Nicodemus said it. He said, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. And he recognized that through the work and through the miracles of Jesus. But simply a belief in God, a knowledge of God, is not enough. Jesus' words to Nicodemus was that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, or he cannot be a part of the kingdom of God. That's foundational. That is important, that a man be born again. Born again. What does it mean to be born again? Well, Jesus says in verse 5, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Born of water, born of the Spirit. That's what it takes to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now we would understand that born of the Spirit to be the baptism of the Spirit, which comes when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. Born of water... I believe is speaking of water baptism, which is again a physical to um, that shows the spiritual. The baptism of water shows a significance to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In speaking of this birth, Nicodemus had that confusion there. How can a man be born when he is old? And 
Jesus pointed out, verse 6, of the birth of the flesh and the birth of the spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You know, I think of, of a birth as we think of a birth, and Brother Jason knows all about this just very freshly, that a child is born in the flesh. A child is born um, to, to earthly parents, and they carry the nature of the flesh. They cry when something goes wrong. They get hungry. They need to be fed. They need their diapers changed. And the list goes on. And they grow up a little more. And any of you that have children that have a little bit of age to them recognize that they respond to the flesh. They respond in the flesh to the things that, that they want and that they desire. And what's interesting is that, I don't know if it's this way for every parent here, but we begin to notice how those fleshly responses actually, actually kind of show a little bit about their parents too. Um, I think we can say that. That which is born of the flesh will carry the nature of the flesh. But that which is born of the Spirit will carry the nature of the Spirit. In bearing the nature of the Spirit, the Spirit of God is pure, is holy. And one who is filled with the Spirit will endeavor and will live a life of purity and holiness, putting off the old life of self. When the spirit comes in, self needs to go. We live a life that is directed by the spirit. And I, again, I think of a child. A child is told much of what to do. And as they grow up, yes, they gain more independence, but still we tell them a lot of what we expect of them as parents. And even so the Holy Spirit comes and speaks and tells the believer what to do, directs his life, convicts and speaks. That's the work of the Holy Spirit within. If we would bear the nature of the Holy Spirit, we must heed the promptings of the Spirit. Jesus said, repeating here again, except a man be born again, That's the one exception. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That puts a lot of weight on being born to the Spirit, having the Spirit within our lives, and being people of God's, his children. And to be born again, and to maintain that life, in Christ, that must be our greatest passion in this life, serving God and being alive in him because except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God.
Jesus, I believe, recognized that the things he was speaking to Nicodemus were things that were hard to understand. Jesus said, don't marvel, don't wonder, don't be amazed at the things that I'm saying. You understand the physical. Jesus explained it all in the physical to him of, of birth. He said it's the same in the spiritual. And he, he just broke it down into simple words that Nicodemus should have been able to understand. The words to Nicodemus and to all people is that we need the birth of the Holy Spirit within our lives. We need a changed heart, a life that's changed by the Holy Spirit. And this message is to all men today. Jesus, again, in acknowledging the difficulty of what he was speaking to Nicodemus, again, he used the physical to explain the spiritual. He talked about the wind blowing in verse 8. The wind blows where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh. And you know, we, we don't understand that. I don't understand that. What causes the winds, everything, where they come from, where they go? Why on a relatively calm day, all of a sudden we feel a little breeze come up? On a windy day, there may be an extra gust and then a calm. What causes all that? I, I don't understand that. And even so it is with the Holy Spirit. We don't understand how it happens, the Holy Spirit coming to us when we in faith surrender to God. Neither do we understand exactly how he works within, how we feel that nudging, how it happens. But brothers and sisters, we do, we can experience that. We can see the evidence of the Holy Spirit working within lives. We see changed lives around us. And I trust that God has changed our lives and brought us to living holy lives for him, lives that are being directed by the spirit of wisdom, that's evidence of the spirit working within hearts. The next couple of verses here, verses 11, to 11 and 13, uh, Christ speaks of his validity in what he's saying. He says, we speak that we know, testify what we have seen, I'm not sure exactly who we is that Jesus is speaking of. Possibly he and his followers, possibly he and the Holy Spirit. But nonetheless, um, it wasn't just something that was out there that he was just talking about. He did talk about Nicodemus as a teacher. He said, you're a master of Israel, and you don't even know these things. And maybe there was just somewhat of a reproof in here. As Jesus was saying, we do understand what we're speaking about here. And then he talks about his, in verse 13, uh, again, I believe, pointing out his validity of how he was from heaven. He understood the things of heaven. 
and he had the authority to teach on the things of heaven. And how he, we understand from the, more in the passage here, how he made it possible. It was him that made it possible for man to be born again. As we think of the new birth, we move on in the passage here. And Jesus speaks of his coming crucifixion to Nicodemus. And he goes back to the Old Testament and he speaks of Moses and how Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. And we know that account there where the, the Israelites were being bitten by, by fiery serpents by poisonous snakes, and how Moses took that, that serpent and raised it up on a pole, and that when the people looked to that serpent after they had been bitten, they were healed. They were saved from death. And even so, Christ spoke to him, to Nicodemus, that even so he was going to be lifted up, that he would be crucified, and that all men must look to him to be saved. And through that, Christ makes it possible that man might be born again. Verse 16, probably, I would say, very possibly the most well-known most memorized verse of the scripture, at least one of the most memorized and well-known. This reading again here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I believe that's very clear to us. But just putting a little bit of my own words here. All of mankind was lost and on the way to destruction. That's one thing we have to understand, to understand this verse and the greatness of God's love. It says that God had a tremendous love for all of mankind. He saw beyond the wretchedness of man who desperately needed a savior. He saw, God saw, beyond self. You know, I'm sure it would have been so much nicer for Jesus just to stay there with the Father and with the Spirit and the glories of heaven than to come down to this wretched and sin-cursed earth. But he came. God gave his only begotten Son as a sacrifice for the sin of mankind. You know, God didn't owe it to man. God did not owe this sacrifice to man. In fact, in justice, we as mankind deserve death. In mercy, God gave his son. And that gift, the gift of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross, that gift is for whoever believes in God and his plan for sin's remedy. Sin's remedy is not death. Rather, it's everlasting life. The word believeth there 
Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Believeth, to have faith or to entrust, especially one's spiritual well-being to Christ. Is that what our belief in Christ is? That we lay it all on Christ, that we entrust our spiritual well-being, recognizing that we can do nothing of ourselves to save ourselves, but rather it's that act of faith and that laying ourselves on Christ. Christ died that we might have life. In Romans 10, verse 9, we read a, another uh, more familiar verse. Romans 10, 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You know, that's the message that we have here in John chapter 3. Believing in our hearts, confessing the Lord Jesus, naming him as our Lord and our Savior, the only one who has the power to save us. Therein do we find the free gift of salvation. The choice is ours, whether or not we accept and receive this gift of salvation. As we mentioned before, it's a gift, a free gift to all who will receive it. But you know, I think so often just the old self gets in the way. Jesus made it clear that the choice is ours. As we, if we were to look on down through the passage here, we would see that Jesus did not come to condemn. The work of Jesus was not to condemn mankind, but rather to give them everlasting life. And it says here that condemnation comes through unbelief of man, man loving evil and not holiness. And there are so many, and it is the nature of man to want to hold on to darkness rather than light. There are many who would, are willing to stay in their sins rather than to receive the free gift of salvation. Again, the message is clear. Christ came to this sinful earth to die, to give himself for man and for the sins of man that they could be redeemed and be brought back to God. The call is to come and believe in our heart in Jesus and his saving power. Just one verse in closing here. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17. Just the beauty of what Christ can do in a, in a life that will surrender to him. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Brothers and sisters, may we ever be thankful for that newness of life that Christ gives to us. That we can be a new creature 
I think every one of us here would agree that we don't want to be that old creature. We are just thankful, so thankful, grateful for the work that Christ has done in our lives. And I just challenge to continue to allow that newness of life, that work of the Holy Spirit to continue in our lives and never to to silence the Holy Spirit. And you can probably all relate to me. I know for my life that I do not always listen to the Holy Spirit, but it's my desire. How long, if we do not listen to the Holy Spirit, how long will it be till he is quieter and quieter? And I just want to take that as a challenge for each one of us to listen to the Holy Spirit. And maybe there are some here who never have surrendered to Jesus Christ. And I just repeat that imperative from Jesus, ye must be born again. And if you have not taken that step, if the Lord has been working in your life, I just want to encourage you to, to find someone to talk to. There are many people, probably, I would say, a person within six feet of you here this morning that would be glad to just talk with you and, and um, speak to you about coming to Christ and leading you to Christ. And so I want to leave you with that here this morning, that all of us might experience that eternal life with Christ in heaven someday. Let's all stand for prayer.